Good morning to my Practice Success Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Alcade, and we have another great episode for you guys. And welcome back. And it's almost Christmas. Isn't that amazing? And we are almost there. And again, everybody's stressing out about gifts, but not this guy. I got all of them. So that's amazing. Um, we have a special guest for you guys. This the, my guest today, she has done a lot of experiences in building businesses, micro businesses, and turning them into multi-million um, businesses. So she has experience on a lot of things. So we get to meet her. It was John Cavill. And she is one of those, um, been doing business for a very, very long time. And if you get to meet her, we get to meet her today. And she's from the UK. She has a few decades of running micro and small businesses behind her. She is very familiar with a lot of all the challenges that goes with that, having started one from her kitchen table with her children. They were small. And she was a single mother to go on building a multi-million dollar turnover business. So she is no success. And now we get to meet her. And now she's going to share with us her experience. That's amazing. So um, bring her out, and we're going to ask her a lot of questions. And this is going to be exciting. I'm excited. So um, hopefully you're excited as well. And we just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to my podcast. And, yeah, so let's get a meter. Excited. Um, Hello. Hello, Jonathan. Nice to meet you and nice to be heard by your viewers. It's very good to be here. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you, John. Hey, John, give us, before we get started, give us a little bit of background of yourself. And, um, you know, before we're, we're going to talk about how, you know, start a business and also scale the business from the get-go. And we're also going to talk about your book. But, but first, give us a little bit of, your background, a little bit of context of your professional career. Of course. Yeah, no, surely. Um, I started really um, in, in business as a sort of self-employed person running micro businesses, just anything to give me freedom, that old entrepreneur's thing, but not that I knew what an entrepreneur was in those days. Um, I just knew I wanted freedom and somewhere of earning money without being tied to a nine-to-five. And it was only, which, which you touched on really, when I had the children and ended up as a single mom following a divorce, and the children were still very small, that I realized that actually I would have to pull myself together and earn a more serious amount of income and create a future for them. You know, um, you know I want, there were things I wanted for my kids and, and they weren't going to get it unless I did it. Um, you know, so um, it became a, a big drive. And I uh, initially, I was just selling. I was working at home so that I could look after them. 
um, and so I was buying goods in, selling them out, all on the phone. And I gradually built that into a manufacturing business. And as you equally rightly said, um, that eventually became a, a multi-million pound turnover business, which uh, even looking back now seems fairly incredible, but it did from, from literally kitchen table and small children to, to multi-millions, which is, is a extraordinary thing. Um, and I was I was lucky to do it because I was extremely ignorant. Wow. Okay. So um, it's, it's starting on on your drive, which is your why. You want it better for your family. I mean, I, I can't. Ima I can only imagine the struggle that goes with you know having children, having to raise your kid as a single mom, and starting your own business. Um, you said you were selling on the phone. So what were you selling from the beginning? I was, I was selling furniture. Um, I'd had bits to do with furniture and the interior design trade before. And I thought interior designers would probably constantly buy furniture rather than sell to the general public and have mm -hmm. a one-off sale. I thought what I need is repeat clients if I'm going to get this off the ground. So I went for the interior design market, which the timing of which was incredibly lucky because interior design was just taking off in a big way at that point. I think when it would have been in the sort of early 90s and it was absolutely spiraling completely out of control so and all the sort of traditional you know inherit mum and dad's dining table was going out the window everybody wanted new furniture um so so the timing was really really lucky i'd, I'd love to say it was brilliance but it wasn't really it was luck um so that enabled the growth in part though it, it also gave problems as well, but um, it, it was lucky on that part. But you're right, it's it's a hard road to go down to, to raise children and a business at the same time. But on the other hand, it's, you know, you have got that freedom, you, you know, which, and let's face it, that word freedom is what crops up with us all in the entrepreneurship world. Um, you've got that freedom to, to work life round, you know, um, so I, I made up sort of stories of being in, in conferences when, you know, I took the kids to the park and things, um, you know, and, and made it sound terribly grand when in fact I was just, you know, sort of next door mop, mopping up lunch or whatever, um, you know, and, and you just make it work. Mm, that's very interesting because you you mentioned just making it work and then you having your family and then starting a business give us a little bit of context like what were you doing before you started your 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 entrepreneurial journey what were you all about were you all just about family um <sighs> A bit of both. I mean, I when I'd been avoiding on empl regular employment, I was always involved in sales um, mm. of some sort or other. But you know, I just I, it made sense to me without any business knowledge whatsoever, and I, I mean, really, really ignorant at the beginning. Um, you know, I could see that it made sense that if you found something and sold it at a profit, therefore you had something to live on at the end of it. And, and that was literally in simple terms how I viewed it. So I was doing bits and pieces um, like that, um, you know, at, at 19, um, you know, just to, just to avoid regular jobs and occasionally having to take a regular job when that got a bit short, but not for very long. 
Um, so I got a lot of sales training um, doing all sorts of strange things. It didn't really matter what. Um, you know, I mean, I, I went for a while selling sandwiches around London offices, um, which I made in my kitchen. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, you know, it's sales and you get used to standing in front of somebody saying, you know, these are the best sandwiches in the world, you know, and it would be so much better for you if you, uh, and, you know, bought my sandwiches and they're so much more nutritious and whatever the major points and advantages were at the time. Um, I think actually given, given the timing of it, it was you can eat these at your desk and that's exactly what's needed at that point. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody gave a hang about nutrition. It was all about sitting at your desk. But, um, you know, we are going back a bit. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it teaches you to, to be resilient. It teaches you instinctively what works and what doesn't. And I'm a great, great believer in having sales experience too because I think it's, it, it's a fallback at you. You know, you can nearly always get some work or other, but whatever you're doing, you end up selling um, <laughs> in some form or another. You know. it, it's very true. Sell, sell experience will pay so much if, if you started early as well. Because, yeah. you know, I, I did not start a sell early. I um, after, after high school, I went and then I went and started finding temporary job, temporary agencies. And, you know, I did that for nine years. But at the beginning of my career, I I was selling stuff. I was buying cards, selling it into, like, flea market. I was good at it. But yeah. after high school, like, I, I, it's not that, you know, I forgot all, all about the things that I loved doing. And I went and started a family and a job. And then all of a sudden, I went and, like, okay, I got to get back to start buying and selling because my job is not gonna gonna fulfill the needs for freedom for myself mm. and my family and so i started again now i'm here and you know it's amazing to have that sales background but for you that sales background pays so much so you were selling how many businesses did you get you started before like to start to take off from you i mean uh... I, I sort of, I, they were, most of them were pretty short-lived, you know, I'd start mm. and do something for a little while. It was so free in those days of legislation and things. We did, you know, we didn't have to keep track of them and it was mostly just me. Um, occasionally I had a partner, but, you know, they were very fast turnover, you know, of a sort of a year of business, maybe six months of business even. Um, I honestly wouldn't like to take a house to guess, certainly probably around half a dozen. Um, and then later on, I had the bigger one, um, and I also had a, a side business for a while during that, and uh, a second business, out of insanity. It's fascinating because I asked this because I know, like, you know, you did it just one idea, and then you pursued that one idea, and then you build a really great business. It's, it's actually multiple ideas. And I, I know that for a fact because I went um, going through it and like all businesses and most of them were short lived. But now I'm finding more of like, hey, this is a good business. It seems like it's going to pay off. But my question to you is like, should we, should entrepreneur think about growth when they're starting out just like I am? 
It's a very good question. I think um, it very much depends. I mean, you know, of course, now we're very much geared to um, entrepreneurship being fashionable. We've got um, much more money available through different routes of crowdfunding and VCs and so on for fast growth businesses. So it's becoming quite usual for startups to go sort of from startup to high growth. Um, now, that's okay if they've got the right support and various other things, um, you know, but they do miss out on the business experience sometimes, um, and, and that can be a problem later on. For a lot of businesses, it's a different problem, which, which is more the one I had, which was because of where I was coming from, from the kitchen table, um, you know, and organic growth. You don't um, stop to pre-plan anything and you're busy firefighting and growing or, you know, either looking for sales or too many sales and trying to match the sales or whatever you're doing. But it's all go, 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 go. And there isn't the, plan, the time to plan growth. Um, and that's when you come terribly unstuck because growth over a certain level isn't going to work unless you plan it right. Mm. And and the amount of businesses that get stuck. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the book I've written, but I mentioned just briefly that one, one of the contributors in there says that the growth pattern from um, 1 million to 10 million is the death valley of businesses. Um, and I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know, mm. I really do. Because you're morphing into something so different um, you know, over the one million mark, it's not just you and a few people, two or three people, everybody knowing everything and scrambling around. You know, you're really turning it into a business. And, and that's a whole different thing and you need to plan. Mm, interesting. So I, I, I get all of that. you got to plan. You know, from the get-go, it would be would be amazing if you were to get to plan that from the beginning so that you don't have to think about it and you also have that map um, a road to go to um, in case you get there um I, I love all that planning but should we get started even though we don't have all those plans on scaling should we just start locally if we were to start a, a service business how would you go about it now that you know what you know Ah, how would I go about starting another business? Um, it, I would I would make up my mind from the get go whether mm. I wanted to grow it or not, Ooh. and on that basis, um, I would think about first well three things mainly. Firstly, was I feeling strong enough physically, mentally to grow it? Had I got the right support? Um, because it, often the owner themselves isn't, aren't in the right place um, and, and you can't carry it after a certain size in, unless you're very strong and very able to develop. So there's, there's the you question. Then there's access to a good enough team. Now, again, that's part of the planning because that team needs to come in fairly early. I mean, not from the word go but before you're pushing very hard on the scale and you're going to need money for that or you're going to need people who are in originally and part and you know have equity and everything else 
So, um, you know, that team needs thinking about, because again, even if you're in the right place, you're still not going to be able to carry it all on your own. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, then you've got to think about money, um, you know, and um, to, to, to support that team. And finally, um, the third one I was going to say, I knew it was the third one, um, was oh, how sure are you that there is the market demand and you are going to stand out from that competition? Because unless you've got a strong enough differential, you won't be able to grow it anyway. Um, you know, so, and, and all that money and putting yourself through agonies and late nights and everything else will be for absolutely nothing, which would be rather a shame. I, I understand that so well. Um, although uh, I could argue that, hey, maybe there's not much support. I mean, because you started like this as well. You didn't have much support. I'm you, sincere. Yeah, you didn't have much of money collateral to get started. You didn't have much of a knowledge either on the marketplace. But you have just get started and you have done it. And then do you think that, you know, perseverance or what's the key for you? How did you manage to turn those small businesses into million-dollar businesses? I, I mean, I got, um, yes, I got that far, um, you know, but I got to multi-million, but I didn't get to 10. Um, mm. And I got stuck, uh, you know, in a, in a horrible cyclone of I cannot take this forward. I am stuck. And, you know, I went back and rather late in the day started learning a lot about business and um, realized that actually the whole um, foundation the business was built on was was pretty faulty because mm -hmm. I hadn't known what I was doing on the way up, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there will come that time where if you haven't done the prep work, it will catch up with you, which is exactly what happened to me. Ooh. And I think that's what causes so many of the Death Valley tragedies. Mm, interesting. So that little time for yourself and then the little time to like think about everything that you're going to go through will definitely pay dividend and moving forward. So in your opinion, what's the best way to like, you know, to what's the best way to improve your business as you start and grow? I think probably comes back to those three things is, is you know, improve yourself from day one and be, be in a strong place that you're open to learning and developing mm -hmm. because you will, you know, the business will change and develop and you'll need to change and develop. Um, you know, be ready to be on the lookout always for your team because you never know where you might find them. Um, you know, they might be in a competitor's business. They might be, you know, at the bus stop. You know, it's always worth keeping an eye out because hard people are really good to find, get difficult to find. Um, you know, and, um, you know, work at your marketing work because, again, that's a big change. I mean, I know we both love sales. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay we can still sell but there's a big change later on that marketing really kicks in 
and um, you know you actually need to define what you do. You can you can last so long growing selling anything to anybody and having a whale of a time saying yeah that's another sale oh you know i sold this oh well i know it's not what we do but it doesn't matter there's another sale <laughs> um but actually when you start to build you've got to get exactly what you sell right mm -hmm. and do lots of that and stop stop messing around if, if they're all exciting especially when you're getting started you'll be like potential client potential money in your pocket it's oh yeah yeah however there's some challenges on selling most entrepreneurs they have fear to when they get started there's always opportunity to get started right it's always exciting it's always fun it's something that you look forward to but once you get there like there's so many challenges after that opportunity and how do you prepare for all those challenges if you're just you're starting out I think you've got to have um, a good enough why, um, mm. you know, as uh, Simon Sinek would say. But I mean, it, it, you know, it's why do you do what you do? And that gets mistaken these days into, I think, sometimes into people assuming that you've got to have a grand passion to save the world. And yeah, if, if that's what does it for you and that's what you're about, fantastic. But of course, not everybody and not every business is, you know, you may be selling door knockers, you know, and they're not going to do the world that much good, you know. Um, but it's your business and you still care about it and you've got to work out why you care so much about it, who you're going to do such a good job for, why is it so important? It may well be to feed your family. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing more primal as an urge than that. Um, you know, you may have a target to build it up and sell it, whatever it is, but you've got to have a real solid reason that gets you out of bed every single morning however strong the challenge is and that's not just because i own my business and i ought to it's got to be way way beyond that oh it's very interesting because it's true um you gotta have your why i think it's one of the important things when you're starting a business um especially when you're facing all those challenges you must have those whys in front of you because you are going to face challenges and we all do however those whys will push you through all those challenges um john for you to get started is because one of your reasons was your family right your mm -hmm. kids um now that you are where you are now and your kids are older what do you think the the thing that the, your kids got from you that now they're doing right now? Or did they turn out to be entrepreneurs just like yourself? It's interesting. They they sort of did one and a half. One runs their own business. The other one doesn't quite, but mm -hmm. he works for, um, I better not say which one, but a major drinks company in Australia. And he runs a, um, a large, large area, most of the state of Australia, um you know of that drinks company so because of the sheer size of australia they look for people specifically who are very strong entrepreneurially and have worked like that um and are okay running their own territory so so in, in a way he's gone for a sort of slightly less normal job than because because of the entrepreneurial streak so i think both of them took it on yes um definitely Wow, that's amazing. Knowing that your kids were like, uh, takes a little bit of 
something that things that you do and they actually got your entrepreneurship as well um that's amazing to see did you ever teach them how to sell and stuff like that well my son particularly uh, yeah actually my daughter sells well that's not true she does sell but my my son has sold um i mean he sold in my business originally he started uh, doing sort of bits and pieces and holiday jobs and then he went into the office and he sold and i taught him how to sell originally um he could probably teach me a lot more than i know now but um you know um i, I will claim that that i started him on his sales career Mm, okay, uh, so, uh, like I said, you got to have your reason why. Now you get to see those fruits where they, they get to see you work and now you get to see them how they work and see what you started with yourself and now you get to see them with your kids. That's amazing. Um, a few more questions. I know we're almost out there, but a few more questions. My, um, another question for you is like, if you were to start all over again, you only have a knowledge and you're going to start another business. Well, you started locally or how would you go about it? And what kind what type of business would you go? Which it would be like buying just like you did before, like buying and selling or is it going to be a service this time around? Yeah. I couldn't, I could, if that's, that's too ingrained, I'd always buy and sell. Um, definitely. Um, you know, it, it would have to be sales rooted because I, I don't really understand anything else. I mean, you know, it's it's got the sales rooted for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's buying product and selling product for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It doesn't make much odds if it was selling services. I mean, I've worked in the service industries, um, you know, and I've. Uh, but um, a lot of the service industries, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking of getting very digitalized, and I think there will still be a need. And I'm, I'm sticking my neck out here. This is only a personal opinion, but there will still be a need for for personalized products. And um, you know, I think that's why the way the high street will still survive in, you know, experience shops and you know that sort of personal personal thing so i'd probably go that route i like individualism and i like sales mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it always comes back to like all the sales because it's true if you know how to sell you could give yourself a lot of um you know a lot of ways to do stuff definitely, um, mm-hmm. definitely. So, how do you sales and marketing evolve as a business grow? How, how would you do? How would you do that? How would I do that? I mean, I, I think it's rapidly changing. Of course, um, you know, with the pandemic and with um, so digitalization and digitalization being massively speeded up with the pandemic. So lots and lots of factors at play, and, and plus the whole change of the business world with automation and everything else. So, um, you know, I think. Um, Inevitably, marketing is getting more digitalized um, and they're fantastic tools, which, um, you know, I would need to consult an expert to get the very latest, um, ideally to, to define, you know, your, your, your CRM and everything else. But actually, um, you know, I think for all that, there's, there's also at the same time going on. Um, a real backlash against anything too automated, too robotic. I think, you know, rather like I was saying about the personal experience, um, you know, I think we will see a a need for more personalization in marketing. 
um, coming right back. You know, it's been funny to watch in, in LinkedIn for some reason during the pandemic. There have been all these people leaping on going, you know, can I connect and do you want to buy? No, that's not how you sell. You know, it's about relationships there. But, you know. Um, you know, I think it's more and more, you know, that sort of selling has gone, but equally relationships haven't. And I think we've seen in the pandemic a real need for human connection. And that's mm -hmm. going to be even stronger in, in sales and marketing in the future. Oh, I, I think you hit the point, right? Um, I, I have dealt with those people as well, LinkedIn, Facebook, pretty much anywhere. Like, oh, yeah. okay, we're going to add you. We're going to, I'm going to pitch you. Take a look at this. Um, yeah. Buy this. Like, um, it's very hard nowadays. Not, not not very hard, but like, how would you go about building that relationship now in digital digital space? It's because it's, that human-to-human -human interaction is becoming harder and harder because of digital digitalized. Now it's all most of the time online, and most people are like, you know, um, they're not open to it because they know you're, you're selling them something. So, how if you were to do it all over again, how would you build that relationship through online? Well, I think actually there's there's even less excuse for it than there used to be because, um, you know, obviously sales always starts with research, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, as you say, we've got all this bad selling going on and LinkedIn, particularly, I find people haven't even read my profile and they're trying to sell me the wrong thing, you know, now, you know, with the digitalization, there is even less excuse for that. But even if you can't afford all the fancy products, actually just opening somebody's profile quickly and checking you've got the right type of person, you know, it's just basic. Um, you know, and you're going to have a much better chance of success if you actually define who you're selling to, you know. And, and there are a lot of tools out there that will do that for you. And once you've got the right sort of people and the right sort of market, and that obviously you, you refine more with time, then it's a question of getting out there and going where they're going, you know, going to the same but, you know, if it's all online, going to the right, same webinars, seminars, whatever, um, you know, joining the same groups, if it's Facebook, but, you know, your market or LinkedIn or whatever, and talking to people and, and not bouncing in and selling, you know, we don't do it socially, bounce up to people and say, hi, here's my business card, you know, and, um you know, so why do it online? You know, we chat to somebody and find if we've got common ground. It's no different. <laughs> it's 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 funny when you said they haven't even checked my profile and they're selling me something. <laughs> I, have, I have done it. I, I I'm guilty of it as well. I have I have pitched to people like I don't even know who this person is. I haven't even read their profile. I have pitched to them because I, I I've done the whole thing, and it's true. You 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 correct your mistakes. You. Um, adjust however get started I mean reach out to people I get it yeah. like you haven't read their profile <laughs> sell to them and then you're gonna quickly figure out that hey maybe I should um, get to know this person what is Definitely. he or she is all about and then find that product that you can sell that would actually help that person and then yeah. you make that sale because if you don't and you're just selling that person might not even need it so uh, that's um, 
that's the best way to do it. Um, <coughs> Absolutely it, right. It, yeah, it's an easy sale. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your background and your story. <coughs> My um, pleasure. Really do, I really do appreciate this. Um, where can we find you? How can we get in contact with you? I know you have that book on Amazon. You guys, um, she's got a book on Amazon right now. Um, tell us all about it and um, how can it? I'd be happy happen? to. It's called Scale for Success, and it's available for pre-order. It's published by Bloomsbury, um, and I think I mean you can all you can go through my website and get a discount code, um, and I'm at Jan. Cavell, C-A-V-E-L-L-E, .co.uk, very important time, .co.uk. Um, but, um, but yeah, you can, you can get it there. Um, you, you know, you, it, to, to get the discount, you go straight to Bloomsbury themselves. It's, it's going to take a little while to get to the States, hard copy um, still, but, um, or, or you, can, you can order a Kindle direct from Amazon if you prefer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, get that book on Amazon. Pre-order it. She's Not done it. Yeah, she's done it. She's been through it. She actually done a lot of businesses herself, so she actually knows what she's talking about. And if again, if I were gonna teach you guys something, if you get anything from my podcast, actually, is to do something or buy from somebody who actually done it and walk through it and actually have that experience so get that from amazon um go through www.gentleville.co.uk um you could actually get that there as well so visit that and um if you're gonna get connect with her um through linkedin guys um she's very easy to connect to and connect with her through LinkedIn as well. It's going to be www.linkedin.com in Javel slash. It's all there. So, guys, um, it's also in the description. Connect with her, talk with her, and maybe book her for your podcast as well. And she's very open to that. So, thank you, guys. Um, thank you for listening, John. Thank you so much. Oh, Jonathan, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's it from us. And if you guys have any question, any question at all, just let us know. Absolutely. And, and connect with her. And do, do. Love to hear from you. <laughs> Don't hesitate to get in touch. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you so much.